0: Which road has the most ghost haunting it, a dead end. Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse till it rises from the grave. It's the podcast that people are dying to get into. This week we take a spooky look at a spirited oddity, the ghostly spy RPG spook show. Pull up a bowl of goulash and maybe some scream cheese on a bagel because we're in for a bumpy ride. No bones about it. I murdered three children. What did you think of my Scary Jokes for Kids intro? I uh, I think that would have been way better if you were the Crypt Keeper, because that is essentially all you were doing, was some Tales from the Crypt shit. What? I'm surprised you didn't start out with, hello boys and ghouls. <laughs> well, I guess you're the one who can do the voice, I I, uh, I can't. Yeah, well, that's sad. We well, can't you're... all be, you know, dead inside, <laughs> and so able to bring that to the he, table. He was dead inside and out. Yeah. He was a wonderful, wonderful man, the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, <laughs> we, we will miss him dearly. He is now in the arms of the angels, <laughs> <laughs> still spinning tales. I'm sure. Yeah, tales where occasionally one of the actors gets their boobs out. <laughs> That's the best kind of tale. <laughs> Just one boob. Out. That's all I remember from Tales from the Crypt. Is like, like uh, there would be an episode where they would have like, uh, I don't know, it was like a lumberjack would go to a town and then he would fall in love with the foreman's wife and she would show him her boobies and then he then he would get brutally murdered. Yeah, that was the uh the general. Equation for Tales from the Crypt was there's a guy, there's some boobs, and then someone dies. Yeah, although I feel like that was most HBO shows before they got all dignified with and about, then and then it became there's a guy, there are some boobs, there was some politics, and then someone dies. Yeah, because you remember like before before Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire and what have you, they used to have like The Hitchhiker. Oh yeah, and the Red Shoe Diaries. I mean, they might have just could be called the. The, the many and interesting ways to see middle American boobies. That was the best though. Red Shoot Diaries was basically Fox Mulder presents boobs. It was pretty great. I liked all the shots of him like walking slowly along a windswept heath. It's like a deer diary. I saw some pretty pointy boobs today. the same thing with a hitchhiker. It was basically just this creep who's telling you about Titsy Saw. Like, <laughs> like I was walking through a small town and there was a couple. And let me tell you, they had their differences. But then they got down to some butt-banging. And I saw it all. Yeah, the Hitchhiker was really kind of creepy. Because you're like, you're never involved in any of these stories. Oh, you're, I'm involved. You're just curving on these guys. Someone's got to fog up them windows. <laughs> so uh, so that you, all had a lot to do with Spook Show. <laughs> Spook Show, the RPG that we read. That's, that's the tagline I'm going to give it. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, it's actually called Spook Show a game of ectoplasmic intrigue. Which is great, because ectoplasm is not mentioned throughout the rest of the book. Ghosts are rarely mentioned throughout the book. That's also true. So uh, this is a game where ghosts are spies. Yep, yep. We are using spooks in the term of talking about uh, ghosts and people that work for the government in the intelligence agency. Both of those. It's a double entendre that's not meant to evoke racism. Yes, this is not about anything racist at all. No racism. Take it from us. These are very pale ghosts. One of them look like, looks like Joan Cusack. Yeah. Several of them look like just some white dudes that he happened to run a Photoshop filter over. It's one of those books. It's one of those books where Photoshop's wind filter applied three times counts as art. Yeah. It's, I took a picture of my buddy and then I wind filtered it and said, good enough. That's a ghost spy. Sure. Okay, so, Let's give the basic rundown of what this book is. It's, it's set in the time it was written, which is sometime in the mid nineties. Yep. It is, oh, it is very clearly a mid nineties self-published book as well. Oh yeah. It's got all those references in there to how they're going to put out two or three more books. And you can just see from the fact that it's like, here's a soft cover paperback. It's by no publisher that you have ever heard of. And it's all written and edited and everything else by one guy. It is the ghostly haven city of violence. I I like to think of it as the ghostly furry pirates. Because it's so close to what furry pirates is. It's Clearly, the guy who wrote this book really, really wanted to write a spy RPG. Because there's just page after page of, like, well, the spy industry isn't what it used to be. Let me tell you about the spying that's happening in El Salvador right now. Meanwhile, the Russians, who used to be one of our best friends, have become a terrifying enemy in this deadly game of intrigue, parentheses, ghosts. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting because my favorite little bit in the beginning is it starts out with a note from the author, as all of these always do, and he's like, how I came up with this is I was in a writing seminar trying to teach me how to write. And already at the there at the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I know this is going to be good when you tell me you came up with this because your community college writing seminar gave you the inspiration for it. I hope you got a D. (laughs) And then he's like, so I was trying to think of something to write, and I was watching spy films, and I went, you know, they call them spooks. But what if they were really spooks? And I mean that as ghosts. I know. I like the idea that he, he his first draft was rejected because... <laughs> no, you don't get it. It's because they're spooks that are also... No, get out. No, no, you're done. You're done. Never write a book again. <laughs> uh... Okay, so uh, that got all the racism out of our system. <laughs> Once again, the game is called Spook Show. Yeah. Right, the... Oh, I took the pen out. I lost the stat page. <laughs> so uh, we're looking at... Let's go through this. It's a game where you play as ghosts. There's several kinds of ghosts you can play as. Yeah. So you uh you also have it's it's a weird universe that he created for this because he just to get his conceit to work, he just decided that every ghost that lives either doesn't give a fuck or is a spy. Yeah, like there's, there's nothing else. Yeah. And, and most of the ones that don't give a fuck are specifically ghosts that are tied to a house.
1: Like, yeah, they, so they you have them, your, your
0: haunters, they and they're just like, man, fuck it. Yeah, they call them gatekeepers, or something like that, and they have to stay in the house that they are died in and haunt it, basically. And then the other people who don't care are called, like, renegades, or vigil, or something else, and they're basically just ghosts that don't give a fuck, and they go around the world causing ghostly mischief. Uh, they're basically the two ghosts from the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they just they just zip around doing stupid ghost shit. They are the fucking uh the serial killer from the frighteners. Hey, that's a good one. Simba. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. He's run around in- inhabiting bodies and causing people to briefly feel cold. Yeah. So, uh you've got this world where all of these ghosts exist, but they also set up that there's no way for a ghost to tell that someone else is a ghost unless you like literally bump into them. Because a ghost that doesn't take physical form is just floating around, unable to do anything, mm-hmm. and you can't tell what anyone else is. Like, you don't apparently have some sort of ghost vision. There's no ghost sense. So so they had to set up a mail writing system in order to figure out where other ghosts were. Right. And apparently no one had this idea until, like, 1903 when Libby the Ghost decided, hey... I'm kind of lonely, and I'm going to go to the Dead Letters office at a mail center. And ri- <laughs> Dead letters, people! Yep. <laughs> and she was like, alright, I'm going to write a letter, and I'm going to send it to a different Dead Letters office, because maybe some other ghost has the same stupid pun idea that I did. And apparently one did. And then it just sort of yada yada yadas how they also got in contact with anyone else. I would have preferred it if this had been set in the 80s and if it had, the, the ghost had tried to find another ghost using one of those old VHS dating services. <laughs> but okay, Dead Letters Office, whatever. And then, uh, so yeah, you've got that, and they set up, I, I guess, the ghost version of, like, the fucking Pony Express or something, where they're just like, yeah, we get letters and we send them out, and apparently people are fine with that. And yeah. then, And then the internet happened, and then they post on message boards, and then they get forums and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're on, like, Match.com and stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That is that is all you do as a ghost now, is you go on to I don't know, like... Plenty of fish. eHarmony's a lot of... plenty of Spooks.com, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of... Which... <laughs> <laughs> don't go... No, not again! <laughs> uh, so, they, uh... Yeah. And that, that is... It's fucking weird to me, because they assume that like, you die and then automatically think that Yeah, you should go check Dead Letters offices. And then it makes almost a little more sense for nowadays to be like, I died, what's the first thing I do? Oh, I I go online and dick around. (laughs) I'm going to get back on the internet. I'm going to do what I did in life. I have so much shit posting left to do on 4chan before I can be at peace. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, (laughs) it makes slightly more sense for the internet stuff, but the entire background before that is kind of dumb. I cannot rest my mortal my mortal shell until Anita Sarkesian has been proved wrong. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I'm making a fedora float. <laughs> Lady. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, the book purports that most ghosts are spies. That they get snapped up by every spy industry in the world because of how useful it would be to have a ghost for a spy. Because they can become incorporeal and because they have cool ghost powers. Yeah, except it also says, like, most people won't actually know that you're a ghost. Oh, yeah, even the human on your spy team can't know you're a ghost. If you get killed in front of him, you can't turn into a ghost. You have to just die, because you'll reincorporate as a ghost a few weeks later. Yeah, and, uh, okay, we'll get into it, but there's a lot of stupid things about dying as a dude that's actually a ghost, and it's real bad. So how do we make a character in this game? I I don't fucking know. It has that horrible self-published 90s layout of hey you know what you've got you've got some stats all right and then you tell me about those stats and i have no idea how to get points in them you want to know it's really fun oh i know you roll a d6 one or a d10 or a d10 right if you go for your ghost side yeah okay so let's get start with that there's something called bearing in this game (laughs) And bearing is how good you are at being a ghost or at being a corporeal dude who is also a ghost at any given time. Because it takes real concentration to maintain a physical form as a ghost. Mm-hmm. So every time you want to do basically anything, you have to get your bearings. So to get your bearings, you roll. You always have four dice in front of you. You have 2d6 and you have 2d10. To roll bearings, you roll a d6 and a d10. The d6 represents your corporeal form and the d10 represents your incorporeal form. Now, the one that's higher is the one you're better at, but then there's different things that happen if you roll a maximum on either of them, if you roll the same number on both of them, if you roll a maximum on the d10 and a 6 on the d6, or if you roll two ones. Yeah, so if you get a max on either die, so either a 6 or a 10, then uh, you are plus one to any roll that has to do with that uh, particular thing. So, so the... A, a six, you're really good at doing body stuff for yeah. a while. you so very corporeal. Your physical... Any physical action you take will be plus one. If you get the ten, it's going to be any mental or ghostly action you take. Right. Uh, if you get double ones, then you're freaking out, man, and you can't do anything for a while. You just go incorporeal and sort of twitch. Yeah, you will most likely just phase out of existence if you roll double ones, and everyone's like, what the fuck happened to that guy? Yeah, you have to kind of make sure you always check for your bearings in a bathroom or something, in case that happens. And then uh, if, you, if you get doubles, you can't do anything because you're all conflicted. No, 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 uh, that's only if you get double ones. If you get doubles in general, then you're particularly in sync this turn, and you get a plus one to either... And the the best you can do is if you get double six or six and ten, that gives you like the best that gives that gives you a uh, plus two. yeah, sorry, I know it's confusing because this book is boring. Everything is only mentioned once and it's all in the middle of a bunch of text. Yeah, Also this is the first thing you learn. You don't learn what physical stats are or anything. The first thing you learn to do is roll your bearing. Yeah, the layout on this is awful. And as well, it's it's one of those things where it's got the editing problem of not only are there just giant blocks of text where rules are interspersed. But there's no, like, bolding or change of font or even, like, a change of the paragraph. He'll just say rules in the middle of a giant page of text. And if you weren't really reading it closely, you're like, oh, I completely missed how I'm supposed to do whatever. Okay, so, once you get your bearings, you have to go roll some traits. Traits are rolled by rolling a d6 and a d10 to tell you what your corporeal and incorporeal traits are. Traits include physical, mental, and, uh, like, ethereal, which is ghostly stuff. Uh, physical includes speed, strength, and semblance, and semblance is how good-looking you are, uh, just so you know, and speed is how dexterous and, and, uh, it says it's how fast you are, but all the speed calculations are factors, factors of your strength. Yeah, which is, it's, it's confusing that how fast you are is determined by a strength roll in a game that has a speed stat. Yeah, the fact that he decided, oh, I can't name it, like, Dexterity because D&D exists, I have to name it? speed and then not use it for speed. Also let's let's go ahead go ahead and put it on the table. Orpheus existed. It already existed. Orpheus was the game where you played as ghostly spies existed. And so he couldn't use the other whatever their word for dexterity is, which I, isn't it also dexterity? Yeah. Yeah. So no, he had to go he had to go speed but then give speed to strength. I mean, I commend him for not letting speed be the god stat like it is in every other game. Huh. But come on, call it something, call it nimbleness. Yeah, there's Get a thesaurus and figure something out, because everyone else did. Yeah. Speed is not a stat. It is how fast you go, and except in this. Except in this, where strength is how fast you go. Uh, so, there you go. So, uh, there's, and then mental is awareness, association, and aptitude, uh, powers of observation, uh, ability to recall information, and ability to utilize information. So, it's perception, intelligence, wisdom. Yeah. Uh, it's just giving you the new names. And then the ethereal, which is the ghostly stuff, gives you cohesion, which is how orderly you are. Creation, which is your mental flexibility and ability to use crea- uh, creative ghostly powers, like illusions and such. And control, this is just straight up your willpower. Yeah, and you really need a lot of control and cohesion to just sort of maintain your physical form. And uh, so any stat goes from 1 to 6. You mm-hmm. get up to a 6 in a stat. So your choices, you you actually do have the option of rolling or Mm point-by. However, for the point-by, you end up being worse in... If you just did a straight, like, I'll put the average in everything, you are worse than the average human in everything. Yay! You have enough stats and few enough points that you're like, oh, I have basically, like a two in everything, maybe, and then, like, a couple things at three, and three is essentially average. Also, you get to choose where your good rolls go if you do roll. Yeah. So, it's best to roll. Just roll and and dump the ones that you don't care about, because the game doesn't, it's not going to force you to rely on them a lot. No, I mean, honestly, if you roll and you're like, all right, I got some cool rolls, I got whatever, I got a couple ones... Honestly, the best thing you could do at that point is just decide, do I want to be a ghost that uses a bunch of ghost powers, or do I want to be a guy that actually shoots dudes or punches them? Because yeah. otherwise you'd be like, all right, I put one in strength, I don't care, I'm just going to use pyrokinesis. Right. Okay, so once you've chosen some stats, now you get to pick what kind of ghost you are, and the <laughs> ghosts fall into basically horror movie ghost types. You've got Banshees, Ghouls, uh, Banshees again... You've got your uh, General Haunters, your Poltergeists, your, uh... There's one more. There's only five. We've said four of them. Uh, I, and you know what? I don't care. Specters. There you go. Oh, wait, no. A Specter is the type of thing you are. So here we go. There's Shades. Nope. Banshee, Ghoul, Haunt, Phantasm, Poltergeist, and Will-O-The-Wisp. And again, there she is. Look at that. We- here. Let's we'll play a quick game. Joan Cusack or Paula Poundstone? Ha <laughs> Who knows? Only the wind filter knows for sure. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know that's not good visual podcasting right there, but there's this picture of a woman in a big 80s hat with like a bolo tie on, and she is one of those two women. She's, <laughs> she's the star of toys, or she's the, the body comedian who does the Pop Tart routine. It's one of those. Uh, yes, yeah, the, uh, so you've got all of these, and if you've listened to our Orpheus podcast, they are basically those, and then there's a couple extras. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, you've got, all of these have one thing that they are better at of ghost powers. Although they can all learn any power they want, they just happen to start with a point in that power. So, for example, Will-O-The-Wisps automatically start with a power in Levitation. Yeah, they are better at flying around, because Will-O-Wisps, in this game, are all about traveling and seeing the world, and they want to spend their unlife seeing stuff they haven't seen before. Aren't Will-O-The-Wisps just lights in swamps? Is yeah. That, yeah. So they wouldn't be, but they were in a swamp because they had never been in a swamp before. I gotta see that swamp. Yeah, you know, I'm a ghost now. What the fuck do I care if there's gators and mosquitoes? Oh, it's all slimy out here. I don't care. I'm a ghost. We. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So So, yeah, they all have uh personality, and so they they're broken up by personalities. So like certain people are like the banshees are. All about humans and they love humans and the only reason they're supposed to be associated with people dying is because they show up to try and warn people because they're real concerned. So they have the empathy ability just like they do in Orpheus, which oh my god. Yeah, I know. Maybe uh, Orpheus was the guy who wrote Orpheus was the guy teaching this dude's writing class. <laughs> In my book, Orpheus, which uh, sadly did not go as far as any of the other White Wolf books. And then he's like, fuck you, Dad, I'll make my own and it'll be great. I know how to get an A in this class. I'll just copy what he's doing and call it Spook Show. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just make a worse version of what you did. That way he won't feel intimidated by me. (laughs) Uh, Alright, and then then you've also got Poltergeist, which which, uh, basically... Our poltergeists—they—they they fling stuff around in rooms. You've got phantasms, which make t- uh, which are telepaths, and they try and inf- infuse people's minds with ideas. You've got ghouls, which are the mean ones. Yeah, the pissed off ones, they, and they're angry about everything. And they have fire powers. So. Yeah, and then you've got the uh, haunts. the haunts, which are just I have a really big association with my stuff. Yeah, like, they're just super nostalgic for all of their material goods. And they're good at morphology, which is the ability to to uh create images or shapes or to... Uh, well, it's uh, changing yourself. Changing yourself, because it helps them pass themselves as human. A yeah, they bit. want to be able to hold the objects that they had in life, and so they're good at making themselves seem more human. Okay, so that's not enough, is it? We also have to pick what kind of spy you are. Yeah, eh, uh, yeah... He uh he has a lot of random crap in the spies because he's like, all right, you could be CIA or in the KGB or or yeah. you could be part of the fucking IRA or MI6 or uh, any of those SVR. How about SVR? You like that one? That's the new KGB. Yay! Or PIRA, the Provisional Irish Republican Army. Wasn't wasn't PIRA? In the eighties with He Man. Yeah, yeah. It was only in the uh, He Man after Dark specials. <laughs> oh P <P-Ra. laughs> I'm pretty sure R. Kelly got his start on that show. Yeah, yeah. I believe he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Formative years. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging out with P Raw and <laughs> By the power of my golden shower sword. Yeah, it's P Ron P Man, right? Yeah, yeah that's 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 right. Although originally it was P. Rowe, and they changed it because they figured American audiences wouldn't get that. Yeah, uh, that's definitely correct. Okay, so uh, you get to pick what type of spy you are. And the spies are divided into, uh, I want to say Shadowrun classes, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, I assume he was just watching that spy movie and decided to write down all of the character types that were in it. Right. So you've got uh, hitters, which are spies that kill people. Uh, posers, which are spies that pretend to be people. Uh, pilots, which are spies that have airplanes. Uh, hackers, which are hackers. Computer spies, <laughs> absolutely. Engineers, which are like hackers, but they work with machines instead of computers. Uh, scouts, which are lone wolf wilderness guys. Uh, They're just rangers. They're yeah. just rangers. What, uh, okay, I guess that there's probably some guys like that in spies, but boy, ah, uh, anyway. Uh, there's <laughs> there's also uh, ones who, like, climb stuff so they can listen in to conversations. Yeah, so, you've got your, like... More acrobatic spy that does, like, the Mission Impossible stuff. Yep. So there you go. Uh, and once you choose one of those types of spies, what that does is it gives you specialties, which you use to purchase skills. Yeah. And again, fucking the layout of this thing, it goes into skills, and it talks about them, and there are different skills in their categories of skills, so there'll be, like, five skills per category, and it, it just never tells you, yeah, and then you get these many skill points for whatever. You have to go find that somewhere, and it's annoying. According to the book, skills in Spook Show are more specific than in many games, because it is crucial to have the right ability for the right circumstance. Knowing how to fire a pistol will not help much when trying to use a shoulder-mounted bazooka, and being able to drive a car does not carry over to flying a propeller plane. Except fucking every single RPG in the 90s was this specific or more so. Uh, This is written by, truly written by someone who has never read GURPS. Oh, yeah. Or Hero System, or any game that actually has one of those drawn-out, stupid-ass skill systems. Yeah, this guy was like, dude, I have like 30 skills. This is so specific, man. My verisimilitude is off the charts. And then everyone's like, that's cute, man. Yeah, good job. I got no problem with it. I mean, if you look at the list, it's he's got a couple of skills in there I've never heard of before. For example, Larceny, which is a skill broad category, is broken down into Forgery, Lockpicking, Stealth, and escapology, yay! It's escaping from things. It's escape artist, but some other book had that word. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there's a whole section called animalism, yeah, which is just taken wholly from uh, White Wolf, yeah, yeah, or or Mortal Kombat. I remember when like Sub Zero would turn into a polar bear and knock a guy's head off. That was either an animality or an animalism, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when, uh, I'm not gonna make that joke. (laughs) I don't, I don't think I need to go into animalism. (laughs) Okay, well, that's fair. Uh, animalism is divided up into animal handling, riding, tracking. Note that that's tracking people, not tracking animals. Yeah. And, uh, weather sense. Oh boy. I can look outside you can look outside and sense that weather just like the animals of old <laughs> ah yes i will channel the bear's mighty weather sense it is cold and i should sleep i would just, you know i'm okay with weather sense a little bit because i know like you know cats are supposed to freak out when there's an earthquake or something but that doesn't seem like a trained skill yeah i like if weather if it was weather forecasting maybe but it's weather sense yeah. i i guess if it works indoors you're like I've been inside of this room for three days, but I know that it is raining. (laughs) Even then, it feels like that just be sort of, oh, my knee injury is acting up. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could move it under academics and call it, you know, meteorology. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell the barometric pressure. Yeah, or I guess we could keep it under animalism. Yeah, because I didn't have four skills for animalism, and I needed to come up with something else. Incidentally, the way that skill points work in this game is that skills are rated from one to five. When you roll your skill, you roll your skill rating, plus the bearing, uh, or, or the higher of the two bearings that you are currently using, or I'm sorry, whichever one of your two forms uh, you are in, you use the bearing for that form, plus your skill, plus a d6 against a target number. Oh no, it's uh, it's, it's your oh, stat it's plus. plus... Right. Okay, so let's say you have a... Let's say you want to uh, use your weather sense. Okay, that's going to be based off one of the mental rolls. So let's say you have four in your mental roll of choice. Perception, why not? Now, you roll Perception, add your Bearing. Your Bearing in, uh, in Corporeal, so you add whatever that is. It's So you res- might be a plus one or a plus two if you got really high, or you might just be regular. Right. And then you add your Skill in this, and then you compare it against a target number. And actually, the way your Bearing works isn't it that it gives you a one or a two. Those are added on to the number. So, for example, if you roll a six Corporeal Bearing, then your Bearing is six. So when you roll your Weather Sense, you roll uh, Perception, plus Bearing, plus Bearing Bonus if you have one, plus skill rank against a target number. They can't see you shaking your head angrily. Yeah, no. Uh, the, I disagree, Mm-hmm. and I don't believe that you actually get your bearing number. So, screw you. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I think I'm right. I don't think you are. Tell us, listeners. <laughs> tell us in the comments down below who's a big doofus. Is it uh, both of us? I was right last time. <laughs> the myriads are his grandson. <laughs> I remembered it, and now I'm bringing it back up like dirty laundry. Like yesterday's goulash. Ooh, goulash, right? Yeah. Oh, those, man. Those ghouls? Osh. Yeah. Ghoul. Osh. bagosh. That was a joke in the intro. I'm yeah. today, saying, now I'm hungry for it. Ugh. Why? Because it's, it's just nasty. All right, fair you're enough. nasty. All right. So once you've got some skills and you've got a ghost type and you've got a oh like, yeah, and when you're rolling for things, you're gonna have a difficulty rating of like breezy or facile, easy, beautiful. You got cover girl sneezy <laughs> McDeluxe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, they so you the the uh oh oh we want to talk about this right here. Uh, under Relic, which is, you're supposed to build your character's backstory, and it's called Relic. That's the leftovers of your life. Yeah. You're supposed to pick when you were born. Uh, it says you're not supposed to have lived back further than the 18th century, because ghosts eventually dissipate. Well, yeah, eventually, apparently, ghosts are like, you know what, I've been around for a really long time, and I don't give a fuck. Now, it gives you a D10 roll, you can roll to pick your ethnicity, or you can just choose from Native American, British, Russian, Asian, European, Australian, African... South American or Latin American, Indian, and Arabic. Now it has to give you a little sidebar here where it goes off and tells you, note that there's no North American. That is because there are no true North Americans except for the Native Americans. So you would have to choose Native. Thank you, book. Yes. Th- thank you. <laughs> Great. Great. I'm going to send this book up to accept my next Oscar. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, uh, this entire background section is awful. Because not only does it say you can, alright, you need to pick one of these races, it gives a little blurb about each one, and I'm like, come on, man, don't do that, and you've got an occupation, and you've got your, uh, where you lived and what you did, and all of it can then be rolled randomly, which is the only good thing, because thank you for channeling Kevin Simbiata a little bit, and giving us a random roll table for my background. You also need to pick your Great Fear as a ghost. Oh, yeah, it's how you died. It's how you died. It's your great fear. And if, if you come into contact with your great fear, then you, uh, you basically phase out. You freak out and phase out. You need to roll your bearings. You have a penalty or something against it. Yeah, it depends on how close you come to it. So, like, okay, let's say you died from being shot. So you freak out around guns, which is really bad if you're in a spy game, but whatever. So you freak out around guns. And there's a difference between, like, you walk into the fucking sporting goods store and there are guns and then there's the there's a guy pointing a gun at you so there are levels of how freaked out you get right but even then imagine if the cia was hiring and they were like do you have one predominant overriding phobia that will cause you to blink out of existence sometimes (laughs) welcome to the cia and the worst thing is, it's all how you died, which means it's anything threatening. Right. The, so, the example, if you got killed by a car, you're like, cars freak me out, I can't get in them! Right. Uh, the guy, the guy in the story is freaked out by large open bodies of water because he drowned by falling off of the boat to America. <laughs> and so, I, I guess he's gonna be, basically be a homeland spy, because he can't go anywhere. I guess maybe, you know, just really shoot the ghost like Will and just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just close your eyes and pretend that when you're flying overseas, there isn't actually large bodies of water. Oh, uh, contest over, people! I'm looking at the book right now, and you do get to add your bearing as a number. <laughs> uh, this has been another example of John being wrong, even though he read the mo- book more recently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I-, I don't really give a fuck. This book is boring, and I don't intend oh, to remember. God, it. I hate everything about this book. Oh, you also have wounds. So you have a little wound track in this game, and yes, hey, you do. Guess what? It's divided up by body part. Uh, yeah you get to be hit randomly. Yay! Those are the best. Wow, that's quite a low-flying jet. Anyway, yeah, so uh, basically you roll up your total number of wounds by adding your fortitude, which is your strength plus your bearing or some damn things. It's, it's all the different things are like, what is this? You have another hit points equal to your strength, or your strength times two, or half your strength, or yeah. whatever. It's all done by sixths. It's like uh, your head is one-sixth of your strength, and your arms are each two-sixths of your, of your uh, strength. Oh, no, it's... You get, like, strength times two for your torso... Yeah, okay. ...and then strength for your legs and half strength for arms, then a quarter strength for your head. How fun is that? Yeah, your head is at best two. You have two hit points in your dome. Are called shots possible in this game? Of course they are! Woo! (laughs) Okay. Normally, you'll just be randomly hitting a body part and doing some damage. And this... This... Leads me into... What infuriates me about this book? I've been waiting. You've been kind of dry so far. Fucking... Okay. So. It's a little early to get into the thing that I hate most about this book, but spoiler alert, it's fucking this. You're a ghost. You become corporeal. You, through force of will, make your ectoplasm hard enough to pass as a human. You can pick things up. You can walk around. You can open doors. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Great. However... When you get shot, you bleed, and you carry over wounds. Even if I fucking turn back into an incorporeal ghost, I have a gunshot wound that takes time to heal the same as if I had just been shot. I'm a fucking ghost! (laughs) Fuck you, book! (laughs) Oh my god! It has damage for like... Acid and fire and falling damage and I'm like oh I went falling damage shouldn't make any sense if you're incorporeal when you fall you shouldn't even fall no like oh god damn it it, it, it even describes you off. as being floating off the ground a little bit and what are you gonna do hit the ground no you're gonna fall into it that's gonna suck briefly and then I guess you'll ground swim your way out of there like a chump yeah and so if you get shot a whole bunch and die in your corporeal form then you sort of dissipate and depending on how much you got beat to crap, you will reassemble in either like a few hours up to like a month later. Oh yeah, one of those ignoring uh, ignore this rule rules. Yeah, because everyone loves it when your RPG is briefly uh, set aside because one player is discorporated for a month. Yeah, so it's got that stupid rule. And then it even says, even if you get like, the couple hours one so it doesn't ruin your game, when you reform, you are completely useless and can't do anything. So even if you did manage to reform within the allotted amount of time, you still can't play the game. So, let, let, let's go through the... Uh, let me just ask you a quick question about you, personally, as an RPG player, because I think we've reviewed a bunch of RPGs at this point. Would you say that you like penalties that take people out of the game or make them useless at the game for a full session or more? I would say, no. No, that's not something I generally like. Now, that would that would imply that you're the sort of person that prefers his games to be a little more jump into the action and have fun and tell a story, rather than serious versimilitude. This is very realistic, right? Yep. Okay. And, and this game, would you say it is extremely realistic? <sighs> no. <laughs> and that's my main issue, is it wants to be. It really, really wants to be like, yeah, and there's heal times and all of these different ways you get wounded and this and that. But then you're playing as a ghost, and it doesn't fucking matter. And there's even... Oh my god, if you die, if you die as a corporeal guy, normally you just blink out of existence but you can oh yeah, leave your ectoplasmic body behind. You can be better at dying than other people. There's a skill in this game. It's not a skill, it's like a power or something for how good you are at dying. Like, if you die really well, then your body actually rots and molders away and lasts long enough to get buried. If you die crappy, then your body, like, liquefies and turns into goo and vanishes. Yeah, so you, you have to roll on both your cohesion and control as mm-hmm. your ghost powers, and it's called your last rites. That's right. And if, if you die... You roll on both, and it shows how long your body lasts and how good your body looks. So if you don't, if you fail the roll, then you just blink out of existence for how long your body lasts, and it can last up to, like, your body is there for, like, three weeks or some shit. And then your body can either look like a wax dummy that is just totally fake which is even better. I imagine it as being like one of those ninja vanishes and there's a log left behind when you do that. I was picturing like Joan Rivers was there. <laughs> oh, too soon. She'd laugh. <laughs> <laughs> ow! ow! <laughs> or a Jocelyn Wildenstein. <laughs> She's still alive. Ish. Ish. <laughs> uh, and then you can get all the way up to it actually looks like a real body and it has like oozing wounds and everything like that like a melissa rivers <laughs> <laughs> oh oh that's sad <laughs> <laughs> however the better you are at last rites the more fucked up you are as a ghost because you have put so much of yourself into leaving behind a body that if you're like yeah it looks really like my dead body that got shot when you re you have a gunshot wound in you that is still the thing that you had to begin with, and you have to heal that normally. And if I could just address the ladies in the podcast audience for a moment, I've made a, a great cohesion roll because my body lasts a long time. That's that's great. Thank you. I mean the gunshot wound. It's still there. <laughs> yeah. What I'm talking about is the sucking chest wound that I've got. <laughs> Emphasis on the sucking. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Gentlemen. So you get a group of these these dumbass ghosts together, and then you send them on fun ghost missions, which are detailed in the back of the book by telling you that there are many books you could read about spies. Yeah, it Unlike, say, Haven, it didn't just give you an exhaustive list of everything that has to do with spies. It does have a little section there, though. It's like one page instead of six pages. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it is a little section of, of interesting spy material you could read. I, I think one of my favorite things in the book, if I could be said to have a favorite thing in the book, is there's a little section in the back <laughs> on how to run a campy ghost spy adventure. Like, like, running Dick Tracy as ghosts? They actually have an evil organization made up of scientists, and it's called Ugly. Or like, Oh, e- sweet. So you're actually doing, like, uh whatever that thing was. Get Smart. Get Smart with Ghosts. This is the funny thing, though. They mention a million TV shows you could watch. Get Smart, not one of them. Well, yeah, because it's too much like what they were doing. Yeah. There were also a lot of books that influenced them, and Orpheus wasn't one of them. That is true. They weren't like, <laughs> oh, we took some uh, very basic ideas from Orpheus, uh, uh, a book that... I guess we kind of skimmed briefly. <laughs> I didn't really think it was very good. Uh, uh I wouldn't even recommend you check it out, quite frankly. <laughs> don't don't look at <laughs> the book. Don't do it. Don't, don't if by some chance you've ever read both of them, please do not record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is, distant future man. <laughs> uh so yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about your special ghost powers. No, no, we sure did. You you get special ghost powers. Hey, you know how ghosts in T V shows and movies often have special ghost powers? They're in this book. Yeah. They, uh, you get certain, you get, again, levels 1 to 6 of uh-huh. your power, uh-huh. and level 1 is you are completely fucking useless, why do you even have this? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I have level 1 telepathy, I, I don't know, I can occasionally tell what someone is surface thinking for, like, a second. I have level one levitate. I can get up off the ground, but there has to be like an air hockey table turned on underneath <laughs> me. I need the help. I need two dudes holding either one of my arms up in order to do <laughs> but this. Well, I'm totally levit, or, 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 I can levitate real well if you just turn around. <laughs> as long as you aren't looking at me, I am totally floating. I'm the best levitator in, the, in those specific <laughs> situations. I get performance anxiety. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so there's like, uh, all of the pyrokinesis and, uh, there's magnetism, which is weird that they have magnetism and then just the Te- uh, telekinesis. The telekinesis is two different powers. And I'm like, but it does the same thing. Well, would you tell Jean Grey and Magneto that? Yes, I would. Well, especially Magneto, because let's face it, he does shit that magnets can't do all uh, the time. Oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, I think you're just telekinetic, but you have a boner for metal. Yeah, who doesn't? I right? mean, obviously. I mean, I read a bunch of heavy metal magazines when I was a kid, so I'm just going to go on record here. I'd, I'd fuck a sexy enough robot. Yeah, yeah. No. I have a one-way ticket to Midnight. But <laughs> what will it? I call it? I think you should call it Heavy Metal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, so you get all that, and then yeah. of course your level six is like, you can do crazy dumb you things. You have godly powers, because you need to have that in the book for some reason. Yeah. Uh, they also include the ability to control machines with your mind, uh, uh, yeah. fire generation, uh, intangibility, the ability to change shape and form. Illusions. Illusion. Michael. Yeah, so uh, you've got all of these powers, and of course some are going to be better than others. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you have morphology and you can change your physical aspect, you're mostly just really good at being disguise guy. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, if that's your job for your spy, like, what do you do? I impersonate people, so I have a really good morphology. Mm-hmm. All right, great. I kill people, so I have a really good fire-generating power. Yeah. Right, whatever. How good are you with guns? Because that matters. Yeah, the problem is, it the game mechanics, because they sort of skip over being a ghost as mattering like I just ranted about, everything in the book is just, you're a spy, and then you also have one random superpower, so it's almost like superheroes, because you will spend zero time doing things as a ghost, because you can't fucking, oh my god, okay, because Because ghosts, the only bad guy ghosts are just random crazy people ghosts. Every other ghost is working for some spy organization. Yeah, you might have to be spy versus spy versus some other ghost, maybe. And and that's it. There's never any time where your ghost powers are an actual important part of the plot. It's like bosom buddies. You know, (laughs) like like they set up this big introduction in the first season where it's like, these guys are dressed as women. It's crazy. And then you get to, like, season two, and it's like, what's this adventure about? Oh, they go to the grocery store. Is the fact that they're cross-dressing coming up? No, no. We ran out of material on that, like, immediately. (laughs) Like Like, just immediately. It's just Tom Hanks doing a show. That's all. Uh, yeah, see, the, uh, (laughs) the main issue I also have with it is all of the stuff that you'd think would be super useful being a ghost and being a spy at the same time isn't. Oh, no, because there's always some human tagging along, so you can't turn into a ghost in front of him. And even if you do, so unless you have the levitation power, you only float, like, three feet off the ground and can't fly, you can't do anything... So you can't even just being a ghost be like, oh, we need to get to the fifth floor. I fly up there. No. You have to have the levitation power. So being a ghost doesn't help. Okay. Maybe there's a thing in that bank vault I have to go see. Can I get through it as a ghost? No. Going through walls takes a roll, and if it's it's a, metal? it's a bearing roll. If it's metal and thick, you probably just won't be able to do it. And you get stuck in the wall. They actually have a rule for that. You get stuck in the door and you freak out and like you crawl out of there a few hours later gib- gibbering and crying. Yeah. You just get stuck in solid matter and are super scared. Right. That's exactly oh. when, when I'm, when I'm hiring a spy, when I'm like, <laughs> when I'm like M, and I'm like, I need a new spy and I'm M, and I'm Judy Dench. Uh, I, the first thing I think is who fails at things and is terrified of water and, uh, ostensibly has a superpower, but still can be shot with a bullet and wake up a month later with the same bullet hole. Ghosts! I'll hire ghosts. That's perfect. Yeah, it's... Basically, the ghosts in this... I'd rather hire furry pirates to be spies. Dude, I would hire an entire ship full of bird wizards way before I got ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, see. So- the- the That is the other issue I have, is because the ghost bit was so tacked on to the spy aspect that nothing ghosts can do matter. No. Also, there's a lot of uh extremely regimented rules for when you get to have certain guns or certain equipment that are based on what's called your ratings. Oh, yeah, because you have a fucking ranking in your organization as well. Yeah, okay, so, for example... Uh, firepower has a a rating that you have. And if you're a hitter, which is the, uh, the killer spies, then your rating goes up once per level. If you uh, are a pilot, then your rating goes up once every two levels. Uh, if you're a face, then it goes once every three levels and so on. So you get, you get, uh, better and better at, at these things, but at different rates based on what you are. So each, each one of the spy classes gets better at these ratings at varying or different speeds. Uh, one of them is your name or your, how well known you are in the organization, Uh, at level four in that rank, you can get a sobriquet. Huh. You see this part of the sobriquet? Your sobriquet is your cool spy name. You can't have one to start, but at level four of, of your, of your, uh, ranking rating or your face rating, you can get things like the lone wolf or the duck bomber or whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) I would spend four levels only bombing people with ducks in the vain hope that I hit that level, and the GM was just like, alright, you're the duck bomber. Finally! I am the snowman rapist no more! <laughs> uh, it It is... It's interesting to me as well because so many of the names that you would get as a spy would just be ghost puns as well. It's like, oh, oh he's yeah. known as the Spectre. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a banshee, actually. It <laughs> can't be a Spectre. <laughs> Spectres have way different powers. <laughs> they call him the Ghoul. Actually, no, I'm a haunt. <laughs> so, um. So, Sobriquet starts out at the first ranking you have of it. You are called that by just the people in the same job as you, in the same ranking, at the same level of the organization. <laughs> Which, Which to are me means- You're only called that by people that you can bully into calling you. Oh, uh, I prefer to think that at that range, you were only called that by people who were making fun of you, <laughs> by, by giving you a cool name. Like, yeah, congratulations, Tex. Good job there. We're, we're <laughs> all gonna, we're all nice gonna call job, you sport. sport. We're all gonna call you Sport. That's gonna be your, uh, that's gonna be your name, Sport. How you doing, Sport? You gonna cry, Sport? Good, good job, Slick. <laughs> And then eventually it becomes worldwide, and eventually you are the Black Widow, or I don't know. <laughs> eventually everyone knows you as Sport. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Sport. You're quite a spy there, Sport. <laughs> and your Sober Cat rating can be used as a uh, replacement role for a lot of your social roles because people go, "Oh my God, he's the Wolf." I know about the Wolf, and they can start talking about you. Yeah, yeah. And then he'll have coffee and tell you to clean things. <laughs> Or he could be the wolf in one of the Steven Seagal movies where the bad guy spends a 10-minute rant about how he killed 30 men and and no one faces the wolf and lives. and Yeah. Because, you know, if you manage to survive that long as your ghost, then why not? Sure. Good job. It's not that hard to, to uh, die and come back as a ghost. How do you actually die for real as a ghost? You have to die while you're in ghost form, not right. corporeal. So if someone has, and there are people that have... Uh, superpowers as well. hmm So, instead of just ghosts, there are also humans that have the sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the sight is basically the shining. So, you, they can see ghosts, and they occasionally have ghost powers as well. So, they might have the ability to, like, generate fire or read minds or whatever. They it's actually, just psychics. They do mention in the back that wizards exist. Because, you know, why not? (laughs) Did you see that? There's a section in the back that says wizards exist. And let me give, let me give you the rundown of the other things that may or may not, but probably do exist. Because it's a great list. And, and you're gonna notice a running theme. Okay. People who hunt ghosts. Wizards. Vampires. Werewolves. Goodness gracious. Sort of Frankenstein things. Is, uh, and, and fairies? Are fairies in there? No. Fairies didn't get mentioned. Damn, he doesn't like changeling. (laughs) Doesn't like changeling. But, yeah, it just goes, werewolves. Do werewolves exist? Uh, no, but probably, right? I mean, come on, buddy. There, there might be werewolves. There might be werewolves. I don't know. They might be forsaken. <laughs> there might be vampires, but you'll never know because they're having a masquerade. Or a requiem. One of those. You know, one of these two. <laughs> the there t- might be a requiem for their masquerade. <laughs> Oh, it took me forever to remember what Vampire Requiem even was. I'm 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 so bad at White Wolf. Oh, that's sad. I know. It's this is a vital life skill that you are missing. Okay, one of them is modern vampires, and the other one is ancient vampires. Right? Like, no, like, one of them is the new world of darkness, and one is the old. Oh, so Masquerade was uh, old edition, and Requiem is new edition. Okay, what is the one that's like vampires? That's dark Ages. Oh, it's just called Dark Ages. Okay, yeah. all right. And great. you had Werewolf Dark Ages too, in case you wanted to be an old timey Werewolf. <laughs> Give me that old-time werewolf. Give me that old-time werewolf. Good day, sir. Bite your face, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Malupus. Yeah. Ate his cauliflower ear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh... So... <laughs> Do you have anything else about this game you want to say before we go to best and least? And... Oh, God, no. Fuck this game forever. Oh, right. That's all I wanted to say. All right. So, John... Dear John, dearest John, dear John, my dearest Beatrix, (laughs) waiting at home, I require new thread for my boots, (laughs) Sherman has ordered a march, (laughs) and what would you say is your favorite thing about Spook Show? Oh, God, um, all of the bits that it ripped off of Orpheus, (laughs) like the the general conceit of ghosts as spies is good, Mm -hmm. that's a good conceit. I like the idea. <laughs> so you're gonna say, favorite idea, favorite thing, idea, least favorite thing, execution. Is that, <laughs> yeah, no. let me try, let me check. John, what's your least favorite thing? Everything else in this book. Oh, good. No, it's, uh, yeah. So the, the favorite thing is concept, is concept. The, the ghosts as spies is good. Like, even the whole spook thing is cute. Like, Yeah, spooks, and they are ghosts, do you get it? I'm like, alright, that's adorable, fine, I'm okay with it. Everything that he wrote down that was like, this is my idea for it, I went, okay, you have a solid idea that you have stolen from White Wolf, that's great, I'm glad. And then after that, it all comes crashing down, it's like a VH1 behind the music. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely true. So what's your favorite thing about the spooky shows? Oh, boy. Spook Show. My favorite thing about Spook Show is... Well, you took the only thing about it that's any good. It's true. (laughs) Um, I am going to say my favorite thing about this book is that they did try to give us a little section in the back about how to play it campy. There you go. One of my favorite things about 80s games and then 2000s games is that the sense of humor came back. Usually in the 90s, they kind of lost their way there. I mean, yeah, there's Tales from the Floating Vagabond and Toon that both exist in that era, but mostly games are just... Oh, I'm deadly serious. And and this book actually tries to straddle that line. It's like, this is a serious game, and here's how you'd run it for a goof. And I'm yeah. like, all right, you win. I, I like that. That's kind of funny. Well, because the uh, general market share of White Wolf at the time, it's it was basically had the Batman Begins effect on everything, where everyone's like, wait a minute, that made money. We need to copy that. And so they all went grimdark. Yeah. There you go. So that's my favorite. All right. And... You ask me my least favorite, yeah? No. No, don't care. No, I don't give a fuck. Okay, what's your least favorite? The name. <laughs> I don't want to keep this on my shelf. I don't want people to come in here and figure out what this is. It's like I had a book called Octoroons and Dragons. I don't want it. Aw, oh, but you don't like Spooks how? <laughs> spooks Spooks how <laughs> It's more likely than you think. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, honestly the name's the name's fine because it is a cute joke between spies and ghosts. Yeah. Uh, least favorite thing in this is the extremely boring stat resolution system, uh, the slow way that ratings are developed. The, yeah, like if I had yeah. to, if I had to pick one thing in the execution that pissed me off the most, it really is the damage system because yeah. you're a fucking ghost and fuck you. Right? You should just you should just take a couple of hits and fade out. I don't need to know if your arm gets disabled or whatever. You're a ghost. That's the whole point of the game. You're playing a ghost. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> Would you play this game? No, never. If someone tried to make me play this game, I would be like, you know I own Orpheus, right? And I actually enjoy that, and it has a better rule system? And then if they were like, no, but I want to play Spook Show because I'm the devil, and I need to make you play this. And I'll bet your soul with a fiddle of gold that you can't play Spook Show. (laughs) And I will be like, devil, you win. You win the bet. Here's my soul. Get out of my house. Also, gold fiddles play terribly. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but trying to hold a gold fiddle on my shoulder for as long as it takes to play that? You know how much gold that is? It's like 80 pounds of gold. Jesus Christ, you're gonna break my shoulder. It's very dense. (laughs) <laughs> Most people don't know because they only ever hold gold jewelry. Yeah, it's so heavy, and then I'd be trying to play it, and it would just start bending, and the neck of the fiddle's all bent. Now my music is you shitty. Need, you need shoulder surgery. And gonna... I'm like, devil, how dare you? And then he just laughs and laughs, and he's like, ha ha, you took the gold fiddle. Little now that you're you know. stuck at home, let's play spook show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's uh, 100% what would happen. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, Jeff, would you play Spook Show? No! Absolutely not. I would not play this game. I also would not play the World War II Spook Show it promises will come out. I also won't play the future version of Spook Show that teaches you how uh, exorcists work that they promised would come out. So they had at least two books in there that I also promised I would never play, although I don't think either of them happened. I'm guessing given by the fact that we found three copies of this book in the local nerd store's uh, used section at $5 apiece, that there's probably a lot of this book in used shelves everywhere. Uh, I have to imagine that any given bookstore was like, alright, we'll order three. And then those three sat there until they gave them to someone in a used bookstore. I've taken... I still don't do any research on these books before we before we review, but I have taken to Googling them just to see how many reviews come up, and boy, the Google reviews for Spook Show are impressive, because no one's heard of it, and instead they just, they just uh, are other things that use the same word. <laughs> Warning, do not just Google Spook Show. <laughs> Alert, do not do this. It was real hard to find anything about Nexus, for example, because that's a very common word... Well, yeah, you have to do the entire, and like, then, Nexus live action role playing, buy this book, volume yeah. one. Play this book, volume one, and you get, uh, what you get is three clearinghouses that sell used books for cheap. No one has ever heard of that game. No. Until now. We've spread it to our 150ish listeners. Good job, listeners. I you hope, know about it. I bet we have more than that. I hope. I Tell I hope your friends about System Mastery. The tell your friends about Spook Show. <laughs> warn your friends about spook show friends (laughs) don't let friends play spook show friends who play spook show don't have friends (laughs) what i want you to do is go to your local nerd store find the three copies of spook show they inevitably have if they think they don't have it just ask them to check it's there yeah and then, buy those, give those as gifts to people you don't want to be friends with anymore. Spook Show, great as secret Santa presents for people you've never heard of. Also, starts fires well. Take it to the white elephant, and then be like, here, I got Spook Show. It's a five dollar gift. Eat a dick. I'll take this mug. I'm leaving. Goodbye. I choose the mug. I would love to get the yard of chocolates, or the pocket multi-tool, but I know that I brought Spook Show, and a mug is all I deserve. <laughs> All I deserve is this number one Santa mug. Don't you even want to roll the pan of dice? No, I really don't. After reading this, I don't want to touch dice again. In fact, I'm going to leave the Hershey kisses and pillow mints that are in this mug here, for I deserve them not. <laughs> I will take one Hershey's kiss and say, This is all that I need. And then I will be on my way into the sunset, never to be seen again. I'll disappear into the mists as a ghost. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, this has been System Mastery, the podcast. You can find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com or System Mastery on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, or on iTunes or Stitcher under the name System Mastery. If you would like us to review your favorite RPG or your least favorite RPG, leave a comment in the web area below here. Um, otherwise, send us an email, talk to us on Facebook, find us any way you can. Tweet at us, and we'll review your game. If we choose a game that you suggest, we'll use you as the example dummy who plays it during the game. (laughs) You know what's great about this, though? Is that you could just do an entire game, since all of the ghosts are supposed to be spies, you could just do dead celebrities as the entire game. Like, you could have a team of just, like, Joan Rivers... And, uh, Joaquin oh, okay. Phoenix... See, who died recently? Joaquin um, Phoenix is alive. River Robin, Phoenix. River Phoenix. River Phoenix, so... No, Joaquin with, Phoenix, I'm gonna kill him. Okay, let's just go with who died recently. got Joan uh, Robin Rivers, Williams. Don Pardo, <laughs> just walking around. What do you see in there? Musical guest! The Russians! <laughs> 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 and then you just have Robin Williams as your face, he's like, Oh, oh, oh my, yes, you're, you're here about the uh, spies. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Okay, so you could do that. That's my favorite thing about this game. There you go. That's my new favorite thing. You (laughs) you could do that. You you could do too soon the game. game. Oh my god, that's awesome. (laughs) Alright, uh, anything else you want to say? Nah, nah. I think I almost redeemed this in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) But we could just do that with Orpheus. Oh, it's true. Never mind. Fuck you, Spook Show. Goodbye. Thank you for listening.